Hello, everyone. My name is Jerry Aversano with Beneficiary Partners Real Estate. Pleased to announce that I'm being joined today by Mike Comparato, who is head of real estate. And today we are going to be talking for 10 or 15 minutes or so about some key topics facing the real estate debt investment landscape. Mike, hello, and how are you today? Doing great. Thanks, Jerry. So Benefit Street Partners Real Estate has this debt focus, this real estate lending focus. Can you share with us typical total return and income stream component returns for this as position to real estate equity, which is naturally a comparable option for an institutional and other sophisticated investors to choose from, particularly in times like this when there's uncertainty in valuations overall? Sure, or at least I can try. <laughs> you know, a, a difficult question, you know, comparing debt to equity. Uh, I, I would say if you have a very, very long-term investment horizon uh, being invested in equity, uh, where you can be patient and just wait for the American capitalism machine to do its thing. Uh, you know, historically, you've been rewarded. Uh, I think anyone that is that has bought commercial real estate equity, you know, from the 1940s forward, you know, since World War II, if you were able to own and hold that for 10 or 15 years or longer, you've been massively rewarded. Um, so I, I think it's it's a little more difficult to compare debt and equity just given you know the duration of the investment i think as we sit here today uh on a relative basis debt from my seat is a little more interesting than equity uh i think that you know the debt is providing almost entirely a current pay uh i think that any sort of equity investments being made today unless they're in Uber distress situations or Uber value add uh, situations, the assumptions that need to be made in order to justify an equity investment are incrementally more difficult and complicated than they were, you know, two years ago, five, ten, five years ago, or ten years ago. Uh, so I just I, I think from a relative basis, the return that you're able to make in debt today, and certainly in you know, higher yielding, more interesting entrepreneurial debt it is probably a better value than what you will make on the equity side of, of, you know, generically the commercial real estate industry for the next, you know, two to four years. Question on this post-COVID environment we're now experiencing today and the working environment specifically, what is your view on working in the office and do you think we'll ever get back to pre-COVID levels of employment, occupation, employment, occupying the space? And um, if not, how will this affect your view on real estate, specifically in the office sector? Well, I, I definitely think that the office market will rebound. Um, you know, is, is there going to be a supply demand issue in the short term? Potentially. Uh, but, you know, very similar to you know, 9-11, where everybody said, you know, they're, they're never going to fly again. Very quickly, you know, six to 12 months after that, everybody was flying again. And so I think, you know, people are living in COVID right now. It's at the front of our minds. We're wearing our masks every day. We're, we're living our daily lives where it's, you know, COVID, COVID, COVID. So the thought of being in the office 
is, you know, it, it's just secondary to anything else we're doing. What does that look like? And how does human behavior react six months after COVID is gone, 12 months after COVID is gone? You know, my gut tells me that we will return to a fairly normal office environment. Uh, I think generally speaking, uh, people like the camaraderie of the office. I think the uh, efficiency of meetings and the efficiency of, of workflow and product flow just is better when five or six men and women can sit in a room and shuffle papers across the desk. There's, there's just a level of efficiency that I think is higher uh, within an office setting than people being at home and dealing with barking dogs and crying children and crying spouses and all the other issues that come from working at home. So I do think that we will naturally gravitate back to a fairly normal office working environment. I think it's really just more a question of, you know, is that 12 months from today or 36 months from today? And how volatile is uh, that time period uh, during that return back to normality? Great. And uh, just a couple of more questions. So you touched on property types earlier. We're covering office extensively here. Can you give us your thoughts on which property type sectors present the best risk adjusted returns in the intermediate future? So thinking six months to 12 months over that time period. Well, we, we really view it as uh, a barbelled answer. Uh, and I think you know, where you want to be is probably in multifamily and industrial. Uh, and then on the other end of the spectrum is hospitality. And I would tell you that the, you know, you're, you're looking at relatively low risk in the hospitality, I'm sorry, in the multifamily and industrial space. You're still making very nice uh, returns in that space. And I think you can make exceptional returns in the hospitality space, uh, taking more risk. Where we're avoiding is kind of the in-between. You know, if you look at office and retail, you're not really getting paid enough premium, in our opinion, to write office loans and retail loans for the risk that you're actually taking. So we would avoid those sectors uh, unless you can materially get compensated for them. And we're just not seeing that in the market today. Uh, and, you know, giving specific pricing examples, I would say generically speaking, the middle market multifamily uh, and industrial spaces pricing loans in the call it LIBOR 400 range, give or take LIBOR 425. Uh, whereas hospitality, we're still seeing uh, opportunities to invest at LIBOR 850. Uh, so I, I think you are adequately adequately getting paid for the risk you're taking in the hospitality space. Uh, again, in the right hospitality loans, not every hotel is created equal, not every hotel market is created equal, and not every hotel operator is created equal. Uh, but what we don't think is writing an office loan at LIBOR 475, uh, we don't think that 75 basis points of, of spread premium for taking office risk is is worth the investment today that's very enlightening you made a comment there about the middle market could you define the middle market and then perhaps compare that to what is not the middle market specifically deal sizes that are larger than that and what are the strengths and or weaknesses to the middle market specifically sure so i i define the middle market and everybody has their own definition but i, I define it as kind of the loan range that's 15 
to 50 million. So one five to five zero uh, on the credit side. And I think the, you know, the large loan market above that is dominated by, you know, household name investors and lenders and banks. You know, the JP Morgans, Wells Fargo's and Deutsche Banks of the world, uh, the Starwoods and the Blackstones and, you know, some of the greatest investors that the, the, the real estate market has seen. It's not efficient for those names to be competing for an $18 million loan in suburban Atlanta. Uh, it's just not what they do. It's not what they're built for. And if you think about, you know, just from a time spent, the same amount of time needs to go into underwriting an $18 million loan as needs to go into writing a $180 million loan. So they just don't compete in that space. And so what we found in the middle market, uh, certainly as a result of COVID, is a lot, uh, you know, I would say even the vast majority of participants a year ago are smaller firms, uh, somewhat undercapitalized. Uh, that don't have the greatest access to capital. And we have seen a massive void uh, in, in all of 2020 uh, for middle market financing. It has definitely improved in the past uh, month or two, uh, but there are still a, you know, a fraction of the amount of lenders looking to actively participate in the middle market than there were a year ago. Uh, and so just that, you know, that lack of competition you know, perhaps the lack of financial sophistication uh, of some of the borrowers that play in the middle market usually leads to returns in the middle market credit space vastly outperforming uh, the large zone market. Okay, Mike, last question. Could you explain how your asset management is integrated into the investment process? Sure. Um, you know, we've, we've got a great asset management team. Uh, you know, we, we have an internal team that has been working together for years and years. And I think through COVID, uh, you know, we've learned so many things about, you know, different markets, different borrowers, what went right, what went wrong. And, you know, I, I can actually give you a perfect example of something that happened today. We went to an investment committee today on an industrial loan uh, that we're providing. And, you know, the, the underwritten operating expenses looked a little light to me based on, uh, you know, just 20 years of being in this business. And I asked the, the underwriting team to go to our asset management staff and to pull, you know, the last 10 industrial deals that we've done and what did the operating expenses look like uh, for those properties. And so we've got a, you know, we've got a live set of, of comps within our our current inventory within our balance sheet that we can go back to and say, okay, we know these markets, we know these asset types, you know, how do they compare to the last loans that we've done? And, uh, you know, our, our head of asset management is on our investment committee. And when we go into these meetings, you know, she has a tremendous amount of input on, you know, I saw this happen on a similar business plan six months ago. Let's make sure we get XYZ. Uh, so it's really, you know, I, I think one of the benefits that Benefit Street has uh, to some of its competitors is we are an incredibly flat organization. Uh, and even through COVID, the ability for senior management from the different aspects of the business, whether it's asset management, underwriting, origination, you know, we're talking and communicating constantly. And so we're, we're feeding off each other. We're learning lessons. Uh, and we're making sure that mistakes that were made by borrowers previously are things that we're trying to account for on tra transactions and structuring going forward. 
there you have it. A quick summary to cover Mike's main topics as it relates to real estate equity versus real estate debt. Real estate equity certainly can prove out over the long term, whereas today debt appears more interesting specifically due to the assumptions to, today to justify an investment in equity are more difficult to get to. Uh, as well as it relates to the questions and comments around office, the supply and demand uh, balance is disrupted. We will know more, but not for a 12 to uh, possibly 36 month period. We do expect a return to normal office environment, the return of camaraderie, efficiency, and we view that competition amongst com companies competing against each other will drive that need for productivity. And as it relates to real estate sectors, Mike talked about a barbell approach with a focus on multifamily and industrial, and then great risk adjusted returns can be found surprisingly in hospitality due to the environment where the LIBOR spreads are commensurate with the risk that you're taking. And Mike said that he feels that in retail and office, the risk premium is not being commensurate with the level of risk. Mike talked about the middle market, the focus on 15 to $50 million loan size, how it's not efficient for bulge bracket banks and asset management behemoths to compete in the middle market loan space, and therefore there's less competition and higher spreads. Listeners, thank you very much for joining. If you have any questions, please do reach out. That is Mike Comparato, head of real estate for Benefit Street Partners Real Estate. And my name, Jerry Aversano. We are signing off. Thank you for listening. All the best.